Dr. Amalia Gonyas Malka. Welcome to Womanity, Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socioeconomic class division, and gender-based violence. As we draw to a close on 2021, we reflect on some of our programs over the last year and hope to leave you with some of the inspiration that has driven the respective success stories of our guests. We start the show with the Commonwealth Secretary General, Patricia Scotland, who is the sixth Secretary General of the Commonwealth of Nations and incidentally the first woman to hold this post. I think um, one of the greatest gifts I was given actually was coming, being born into the family in which I was born because um, I was lucky to have this fantastic mother who was, um, you know, mother of 12 children who enabled each and every one of us to be seen as an individual. My mother used to say every, every individual in the world is, and my mother and father both said this, is given a talent by God. And it was our job to find that talent, hone it, and use it for the benefit of other people. But, you know, one of the things that we all need as human beings is to be given this sense of value, this sense of that we're important, that we can do things. And my parents both believed there was um, no difference between what a girl could achieve and what a boy could achieve. And it would be really funny at home because um, my father would sometimes whisper to us, the girls, to say, and say to my mother, you keep your sons, your seven sons, give me my girls. My girls could do anything your boys can do. Um, and so we grew up with this idea. But, but you know, I grew up in the east end of London um, going to a state school uh, it, during a time in uh, the United Kingdom where there was rampant racism. And uh, for a child of, of my living where I lived, we, no one expected you to do anything. No one expected you to achieve anything because you were black and you were female. And the pecking order went white male black male, white female, and then black female was at the bottom of the pile. But I also was born into a family who had a very strong sense of identity and worth and very committed Christians. My mother was a Catholic. My father was a Methodist, and that was quite a dynamic <laughs> contribution. Uh, we, we were brought up to be ecumenical, to see the value in all races and all people. But one of the most seminal moments for me was when I was about six. And I remember seeing what was happening in South Africa. And I saw children who looked just like me being stoned and being beaten. And I remember turning to my father and saying, Daddy, what is happening? How can they do this? Someone must do something. And I was six, about six years old. And my father absolutely agreed with me. And I was delighted. And then he said, now what are you going to do about it? Not me, Daddy, I'm six. And then he said, and your point is, and I loved fruit, South African fruit, and I couldn't think about what I could do as a little child. And then I said to him, okay, Daddy, I will never, ever 
eat another piece of South African fruit until South Africa is free. Now, I didn't realize it would take so long, but, um, but I think it was that understanding that was drummed into each of us that, that we as individuals had choices and we as individuals could make a difference, however small it was. Um, and as I went through, you know, um, at the time I became a lawyer, uh, 90, what was about 97%, I think, in, in uh, uh, the profession was uh, male at that time. And uh, there was uh, about 0.1%, of the bar were black female. And I was told that you would never, I would never succeed. I didn't go to Oxford. I didn't have any contact um, with any uh, members of the profession. And that basically me wanting to join the bar was just a consummation devoutly to be wished, but I would never, ever succeed. I was poor, I was black, and I was female. But I also grew up knowing that those are the things that being black and female was who I was and nothing I could change. But also, look, it wasn't as if being black and female would get me a better job as a cleaner. Or, you know, there was no job where it was going to be an advantage. So why don't I just do what I wanted to do? And I was told I'd never become a barrister. And I, I was always, and this came from strongly from my family, I was always um, ready to try. Uh, I was... I, I, my, my parents said the only thing to be afraid of is fear itself. Never be afraid to try. Be terrified of not trying. And I was ready to try and fail, but I wasn't ready not to try. And so I think um, I got a little tired. I remember thinking, why am I always the first and the only? And my father said, well, someone has to be. And I said, yeah, but why does it have to be me? I want to be the 959th. Um, so I think it was having no choice. Um, I was told that I was too feminine to be at the bar. You know, that if in those days you were supposed to be, um, to succeed, you had to ape a man. Now I didn't swear. I didn't drink. I didn't do any of these things that you're supposed to be, to be manly. And therefore, and I was very feminine, um, but I could only be me. So I just did me. I think the thing that I'd say is, believe in you. You can do this. You can be the difference we need to make in this world. But you have to choose. Don't let anyone tell you you have no value. Don't let anyone undermine who you really are. Because no one can be you. I would say that God only made one of you, then he made the world and what and broke the mold and what you can give to be this difference, no other individual can give. So just, just accept how wonderful you are and that you're unique and precious in God's sight. And that if you are a member of our Commonwealth, then your secretary general is going to be right beside you every step of the way because we together there is nothing 
we cannot do. You know, I'll just end with telling you at the 2015 uh, women's meeting in Malta, it was the first women's forum ever at the Commonwealth, uh, Commonwealth heads of government meeting. And one of the women said this, she said, on our own, we are invisible. But together, we are invincible. So remember that. Together, we are truly invincible. That was the Commonwealth Secretary General, Patricia Scotland. Up next is former CEO of the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, Ms. Nikki Newton-King, whose family values and sense of social justice are constructs of her path to success. Um, well, I, I was given uh, amazing examples from my parents. Uh, my mother was a professional farmer. She worked incredibly hard. And one of my earliest memories is, in fact, of her being arrested uh, by the police because she refused to get a pass for one of the ladies working for us. And the subsequent massive political issues that came out of that. My father was a very well-known lawyer, uh, very politically conscious. Um, the discussions around our dining room table were always about uh, the responsibility of looking out for those who had less than you did. So I had a really strong foundation of sort of social justice and that this this world was bigger than about than you. My parents were uninterested about status, etc., much more about how you used what you had to make a difference for others. And that really has been a big thread in my entire life. But if you look at my career, I had moments where unusual things happened, whether that was the EFF marching and the point that that put me uh, in the discussion with the JSE board and with some of our clients about this is the moment that corporate South Africa has to take a check on how it is doing business. Or, you know, the fact that I was, uh, for instance, in, in London when the Minister of Finance was recalled by President Zuma and how that then led to multiple uh, non-deal roadshows with National Treasury us arguing the case for South Africa with international investors. Amazing, amazing things. And in all of those journeys, I've had incredible support from people. Right at the very earliest age, I've had uh, support from partners at the law firm that I was at who gave me responsibility went way beyond my age and experience. I had incredible support from the chairman that I worked with at the JSE, both male and female chairman, and how they supported me when I did great things and they supported me when we made mistakes. And those two led lessons for me. So I think overall, um, you know, when, when you put yourself in a position to be considered for responsibility, having spent the time getting properly educated, being supported by people is a really important thing. And I, I've been very lucky to, to have that support unconditionally. Um, and I've tried as I've been a leader, to provide that sort of support to the people who've worked for me and to ask that my leaders, my people I work for, um, take similar care of the people that they have the privilege um, uh, of leading. But ultimately, you know, leadership is not for sissies. It's hard. It is a lot of grit. I enjoyed so much of it. I, I really enjoyed the privilege of leading uh, my teams and leading the JSC. And I would say that the things that 
I didn't like. I could count on on two fingers, and those were the times that we had to uh, retrench because it is the hardest thing you would ever have to do is to, to look somebody in the eye and say, I'm sorry, but there's no future here. But overall, I think that I was lucky to be where I was, having had the education that I did, the background that I did, and the support that I did. And, and I hope that I did all of that proud by the end of my career there, the JSE. We just heard the former CEO of the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, Miss Nikki Newton-King. From one CEO to another, up next is the CEO of BP Southern Africa, Ms. Tayelo Mojipilo, who now shares three of her key drivers, authenticity, courage, and humility. I'll start with the first one, authenticity. And when I say authenticity, you've got to understand yourself first. Take time to understand who you are and what it is you want. And once you understand that, you'll actually know your limits and when to walk away from something. The second one is courage. So you spoke about courage earlier on. I keep talking about it. I mean, I often question myself and I'm like, you know what? I'm actually going to do this. I'm going to have the courage to do something. But forge ahead. Sometimes it's very difficult and you hesitate and you forge ahead. But however, in everything that you do, try and bring either have a sense of community or bring people along with you because the challenge is you could have so much courage that you leave everyone behind and it becomes an epic failure and you can't recover from it because there is no one around you as you move. And the last one is just humility. Humility gets you through some of the challenges you have because it gives you an opportunity to learn. It also gives you a common sense of purpose with the people around you, and you're simply able to engage. And sometimes as a leader, you don't know everything. That's why we've got subject matter experts. But if you demonstrate and practice humility, you'll learn a lot more. And sometimes you get to a point where you actually start learning and understanding a particular issue much more than the subject matter expert because you've allowed yourself to learn. And if you just carry that with you, at least for me, that is what has got me through the many years and the different organizations I've worked. I've implemented, you know, big projects. I have done process improvements. I have recommended changes, really done transformations, but you can't do that if you don't have humility and humility also allows you to respect other people. That was the CEO of BP Southern Africa, Ms. Tayelo Mojipilo, describing some of her factors of success. Hi, I'm Zonke Dikana, a South African Afro-Soul musician, songwriter and producer. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Next, we hear how faith and strong matriarchs have been key sources of influence. In the life of Manti Tarawali, who is the Minister of Gender and Children's Affairs in Sierra Leone. For me, uh, my ultimate and biggest driver in my life is Jesus Christ, hands down. Uh, um, but in, in addition to that, I was blessed you know, to have a dynamic and strong mother, 
In fact, you know, I think I should go back to my grandmother, to my maternal grandmother. My grandmother was married to my grandfather, and she was the first woman, you know, sort of to drive a vehicle in the northern region of Sierra Leone. And, you know, even though my grandmother wasn't educated, when my grandfather decided that he wanted a second wife, my grandmother knew that that wasn't the life she wanted. And so she left and, uh, um, you know, she started life alone. At that time, she was strong and brave enough to face the, the, the country and say, okay, I am leaving to start my life, you know, alone. My mother was a banker and a businesswoman. I saw firsthand what I now know to be feminism. I didn't know it was then. Um, my mother was independent. She made her own money. She built her own our houses. She contributed to the home. She served and respected my father as her husband. And jointly with my father, they raised us four children. She was the president of the Abbey Wives Cooperative Society. The institution, you know, became so successful that I saw growing up as a child, delegations coming from overseas to study the model. I saw a woman that wasn't dependent on her husband, but served him because she wanted to. I saw a woman that enjoyed the trappings of her man's status and life, but did not rely on it. You know, and both parents really insisted on education um, to surround, you know, sort of me in particular, you know, with educated women, dynamic women and independent women. So who I am today, I saw growing up as a child. You know, I remember when I came home on holiday from the UK and my my mother was building a house in her hometown or hometown and at the time a woman building a house by herself was really unheard of and my father said to me your mother is a dynamic woman i will never forget his face he was so proud and what that taught me was it was okay it was okay to be me to want success, to be successful, and to be different. And that has stayed with me sort of all these years. That was the Minister of Gender and Children's Affairs of Sierra Leone, Monty Tarawali, relaying the role that strong, independent family matriarchs played in her success. Next, the High Commissioner of Kenya to South Africa, Iswatini, and the Kingdom of Lesotho, Catherine Mwangi, remarks on the contributions that a strong work ethic, education and purpose have had on her career. I, I think that for, for, for any woman, let's start from there to succeed, one has to work extremely hard, one has to be diligent, one has to perform at very high levels in a very professional manner because um, the quality of work is judged very very harshly for a woman and the professional angle so that there's never a question of how did you get to where you were was it did you really earn it or did you get there by other means so just that professionalism 
diligence, hard work, and discipline. I, I think there's no equal for that. But then also, um, I think having a vision, having some idea of what is it, where is it you wish to go? What, what do you want to achieve with what it is that you're doing? I think it's very important to have clarity of mind of, of how it is you wish your career life to look like. I, I think that, 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 that for me was very important. And then what was also very important for me was the support that I got from my family. My father was um, an old man by the time I was born. He was actually an old, old man. But he believed in his daughters. He, he believed that his daughters deserved the same opportunities as his sons did. And so he, he gave us the same opportunity at education and encouraged us. He, he, he stopped at nothing to, to, to ensure that we got the best education and that we knew that we could achieve whatever it is that we set out to achieve. And my mother was, was, was a wonderful, gentle soul. And she's the one I would never have wanted to let down because she was an old person as well. She was not educated. So she sort of lived through us and she wanted us to succeed so much. You could see it in her eyes. You could hear it in her voice. And, and, and just because she didn't go to school didn't mean she didn't have wisdom. She was such a wise woman. And she, she helped me so, so much along the way. And, and so for me, those are the things I think that have propelled me to, to, to where I am. Uh, and, 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 and really also, I guess I've had good mentors. I've had women that I could turn to when I felt I was getting defeated and I wasn't sure how to navigate uh, certain waters. Um, because as women, of course, we, we, we have the challenges of your trying to focus on your career, but you have a family life. And sometimes that can get compromised um, depending on your situation in the home and what your job entails. And, and even though just as I conclude, especially for those of us who are in foreign service, what does it mean when you have to go away from, you know, to another country on posting? So, so, so those were the challenges, but, but for me, that, 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 that's really what has done it, the hard work, the commitment, the professionalism and ensuring excellent quality of work and, and, and my family and then developing relationships. That was the High Commissioner of Kenya to South Africa, Iswatini, and the Kingdom of Lesotho, Catherine Mwangi, epitomizing qualities of excellence, education, and empathy as contributing factors to her success. Our next guest is another member of the Diplomatic Corps, the Ambassador of Finland to South Africa and non-resident Ambassador of Finland to Botswana, Lesotho and Mauritius, Anne Lamela. Her factors of success include curiosity, confidence and supportive networks. I think it's uh, very important to, uh, to be curious, be interested about uh, what you are doing. And uh, in my job, uh, getting to know the country, understanding uh, what's happening and uh, be ready for uh, quick uh, decision-making, be ready to, to go to new places. Uh, that's how I feel uh, that has driven myself 
in my career. And of course, you need to, to have some luck. I think this is, uh, this is something important. But uh, having luck is often because you go into new situations and you are ready to do things, even though uh, you're not 100% sure if, if you are really good to do that. I think you need to open your mouth, tell about yourself, not to be too shy. I very much myself uh, count on intuition. And uh, I, I uh, try to go to, to choose my jobs so that uh, I know that I can make them. But I always need something where I'm not yet uh, skilled. But I, uh, I'm uh, certain that as I have already some good background, then I can uh, learn new things. And it's very important to have a work that you love. And uh, if I don't know something, I ask. I think that's also uh, very good. And what has helped me personally also in my career is that uh, in a very early stage in the foreign ministry, we were young women. We entered into the ministry, which was that time very male and uh, not understanding the needs of women. We were uh, like my course was uh, introduced uh, to the uh, political chief. He was staring at us and he was saying, oh, my, um, more than half of you will be pregnant in a couple of years time. So. Today, this would be unheard because it would be considered harassment. But uh, as a matter of fact, uh, most of us uh, got pregnant. Myself, I got uh, three kids and uh, I keep on working. Um, uh, I'm, I'm very privileged that in my country, we can uh, join uh, the family life and uh, working uh, life. But uh, really, what uh, uh, we found also that it was good to have a women network. So together with my colleagues, we, we had these uh, women lunches and we discussed all the things that were difficult to us or we shared our experiences. And we support, supported each other also if we were in positions that we could uh, like um, uh, enhance the career of a woman, we did so. And we, we helped younger colleagues, so we, we were mentoring. You know, that, that has been very essential. And uh, I have had some good mentors as well. Those are some things that I would like to share. Thank you for sharing that story. And finally, as we close off our conversation today, please could you share a few words of wisdom or inspiration that you'd like to share with girls and women in Africa who are listening to us? Yes. Um, what I wanted to say is that uh, trust on yourself. You can. Support other women. Be solidarity. And I, I'm totally agreeing with Madeleine Albright when she said there is a special place in hell for women who do not help other women. So really, as a woman, I think we need to support other women. We shouldn't be too shy. We shouldn't be too nice. And I urge that the listeners, the girls and women who are listening to us now, they should uh, open their mouth also when they have something good to, uh, to say and not to be too shy. And uh, I think what is very important as well is when you are a mother, 
please raise your your kids on an equal uh, basis. Encourage your children, be they boys or girls. And uh, I think the mindset is very important that you really think about yourself. Are you treating uh, boys and girls equally? One thing uh, also I would like to share, if you don't know something, ask. And uh, you can be sure that uh, your questions will be answered. <laughs> Hi, this is Lira, South African Afro soul singer and songwriter. You're listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, presented by Dr. Amelia Malka on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, a program that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggle for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, and democracy. Now we hear from Ms. Nazli Sharif from the Democratic Alliance. She is a member of parliament and serves on the Portfolio Committee for the Multi-Party Women's Caucus, as well as the Portfolio Committee on Women, Youth and Persons with Disabilities. She shares some of her drivers of success and influence. I think, honestly, I have always been straight to my values. Um, I am a change maker and I'm using politics as the vehicle for change. Um, and many people use different vehicles um, for what suits them, and I have chosen politics. And I think one of the reasons that I am here today and I am so proud to represent my country as a, as a member of parliament is honestly believing that I can make a difference. And even if I make a difference in one woman's life, I feel like I have done something important and, and that has and that is what keeps me going is just to make a difference with my hands. Not with my voice, with my hands. <laughs> um, you know, we spoke about how women have historically, you know, felt that, uh, you know, there's not, you know, I, I grew up in a family where the women, the older women were not necessarily always supportive of us. And so my mom sheltered myself and my sister a lot from the negative energy from um, the other women in our lives. Um, but as I grow older and I look at the younger women in my family, man, they inspire me. Their resilience, um, their, their optimism, their want for a better life and their need to change society is a beautiful thing. And so I, I find myself playing the role that I wish I had had when I was younger. And so naturally, you look outside of, of your family structure and you find women um, that mean so much to you. And I'm going to be honest with your viewers. Don't laugh at me. But growing up, Disney princesses were some of the women that I looked up to, you know, uh, Pocahontas was one of the the, 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 the the Disney princesses I looked at and I thought, oh my word, she looks like me, but also she's so strong and she's got this. And, you know, more recently I look at Kamala Harris and, and I think, you know, a, a, again, she looks just like me, mixed race heritage, and she is the vice president of the USA. It blows my mind every single day. Um, I look at women like Helen Ziller, 
um, who has come out of odds and continues to keep her vision and her opinion. And even though people may not agree with her, you cannot argue that you know who she is and you know what she stands for. Um, and this is why I joined the DA. I joined the DA because I saw strong women in the party standing up for themselves. Um, Winnie Mandela, um, Helen Sussman, and even though they have such different experiences, they stood for what they believed in, and I am all about that. Okay, um, this is a very important part because I know that my words have power. So let me say this, believe in yourself all the time. Society is going to see that you're a strong woman, and that you know what you want and you're going to go for it and they're going to come at you and make you doubt yourself, don't allow them. Don't allow their voices and their words to penetrate through you and make you believe that you're not worth it because you are. Don't let society dictate or determine who you are as a person because you are beautiful and you know what you're capable of. I have had many people from across the board tell me that I am not enough and I'm not worthy. And I believe them. And I'm here to tell you not to believe them because now I know better. And we are worth freedom. We are worth love, unconditional love. We are worthy to receive and give unconditional love. We are unique. And women, we are the creators of life. Don't let anybody tell you any different. We are the creator and we are the creation. And don't ever forget your power because you are very powerful. And they're going to want to take it away from you, but don't let them do it. That's what I would say. A great reminder from Nazli Sharif that role models come in all forms and to be the master of your own success. In our last segment, we hear about some of the success factors that have driven Professor Jackie Smilg, who is a diagnostic radiologist heading up breast imaging at the Charlotte Mukeke Johannesburg Academic Hospital and an adjunct professor in the Department of Radiology at the University of the Witwatersrand. I think one of my personal ones would be you have to enjoy what you do. Unfortunately, I work with a lot of disillusioned colleagues, whether they're in medicine for the wrong reasons, I'm not sure why they're disillusioned, but they don't seem to enjoy coming to work each day. And if you don't enjoy coming to work each day and doing what you've chosen to do, then I think you need to look introspectively and see what you can do because you can't be successful and you can't be an inspiration to others if you're not enjoying what you do. You've got to make your environment where you work on a daily basis pleasant and a place you enjoy coming to. Because again, if you're not happy in that place, you're not going to project a good image. You have to have your own values, your own ethics and your own morals. And those you develop over time from all your role models, from your parents, your family, your teachers and your colleagues. And I think you must be true to those. You've got to stick to those even when it sometimes is very challenging in our situations. In terms of perseverance, as I said, yes, absolutely. I have a saying that I tend to repeat, people that will know me say it quite often, this too shall pass. You've got to always see that things are not necessarily all doom and gloom. You've got to look through that and see how you can make it better to get out the other side. You've got to be committed to 
the application of the rules, the laws, and the policies that govern wherever you're working. And again, those that work with me know that it's something I'm extremely passionate about because I feel that only in doing that can you treat people fairly and equally and on a consistent basis so that you're not being influenced by personal issues. You mustn't be afraid to voice your own opinion, to stand out in the crowd. Often human nature likes to not raise us above everyone else and stand out in that crowd, but I think you have to do that if you feel strongly enough about issues. I also often say to the people that I train, I feel you've got to be able to look in the mirror each night and you've got to be happy with how you handled yourself in that day and how you did your job so that you can, as an individual, know that you've done the best you possibly could have as that individual. I think strong, successful role models are very important in your life and you do take bits and pieces from many people to make your own portfolio. Those are such fantastic points on that notion of of mentorship, because we believe that that's one of the key elements on on helping women develop. Can you please share with us who have been some of the strong women in your life? So unfortunately, it's probably going to sound like a cliche, but I'm certainly going to start with my own mother. She was someone who trained during World War II as a medical doctor, and she was one of only five females in a class of over 100 where they were training as medical students. And the challenges that she faced during World War II to come through a medical training, I think, were an inspiration to me. And she continued as a very strong world, and I mean that in the best ways, woman who wasn't afraid to stand up for what she believed in. So I certainly think she has been the strongest female influence in my life. Just imagining what she went through during World War II era, let alone what was happening from an environmental point of view and with a a war raging, but knowing the conditions that women experienced in that period compared to what we have today, she must have been a phenomenal woman. She certainly was very inspirational. Quite a trendsetter, I would have said, even, even in her attire. And lastly, as we close out our conversation today, please can you share a few words of inspiration that you'd like to pass on to girls and women in Africa that are listening to us today? So not just necessarily for the girls and the women, but to everybody, never stop learning. I always try and find something at work that I have learned in each day. I always say to my students that I'm training, they must teach me something new each day, because I think we need to continue learning. That keeps us vibrant. It keeps us alive. It keeps us dynamic. As I had mentioned, fairness in functioning, I think is extremely important. You must be able to justify your actions each and every time so that they are fair, equal, and consistent. Unfortunately, as women across um, the world, There are still discriminatory factors against us. But for an individual, we've got to find an area where we as an individual can make an impact. It's not always about money and economics. There's lots that can be done with inspiration and commitment and can be done with a smile. That concludes our compilation of a few key factors that have been the driving force behind some of our guests. You have been listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. 
stay safe and season's greetings. Bye.